So during worship tonight, I saw that our entire church, all of us here, were lifted up to the throne room. It was so powerful. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. There were three golden chairs, and behind it is immense golden altar. We're sitting on a, it's like a cloud of almost like diamonds. The, the, the colors are all so vivid. I can't even describe it with words. And then all of a sudden, the, or just sort of appeared, just tears and tears and tears of angels of all sizes from like little cherubs to warrior angels who are out singing with us. And uh, Father, sitting in this center chair, just reached out his hands to all of us as to embrace us. And I don't know what else to say. We just stayed there for the longest time throughout worship. someone might listen to this so this is my dad talking and he's been praying for two friends that have failing kidneys okay 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 so we're gonna release that word just for the recording because I didn't recorded the volume was turned down so I saw in worship uh, a blood stream that looked like it had blackness in it which was like it looked like poison or uh, disease or something in the bloodstream and then I saw the blood of Jesus just making it go taking it from blackness to deeper and deeper red and I knew it was the Lord just showing me it was the poison being washed away so we just released that over these people that my dad are praying for and we just say God touch them and release the the payment that you made on the cross into their bodies the cleansing blood of Jesus to heal their kidneys to purify their kidneys and we just even speak tonight restoration and new life to come into those kidneys in Jesus mighty name nothing is impossible for you 
Nothing is too difficult for you. You are able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And we give you thanks because of that, God. You're wonderful, you are mighty, and you are magnificent in all your ways. And you love to heal, and we just declare that and thank you for that, that you love to heal, that it's your passion and your joy to heal the sons and daughters of Adam in the earth of the the disease and the, the sickness and the powers of darkness that have been thrown at your loved ones, the ones you created, the ones that were made in your own image, even those that don't know you and don't want a relationship with you. We know it's your love for them. We know it's your will that they would come to, to know you and to be saved and to be healed and set free. So we just release that tonight in Jesus' name. Barbara got a yes and a yes and a yes. They're healed. Awesome. Something perking? No? Okay. Um, so, Barbara, you had a word a couple Sundays ago about a couple things that you didn't share. And one of them was the issue of pregnancy. Now, I'm not going to ask any questions, but I am going to throw this out there as an offer. Well, I'm going to first, I want Barbara just to share what, what she, do you remember? Actually, I got a word even before I came to church that someone in the community was pregnant, had been wanting to be for a long time. So, so we know... We don't know anything about you guys as far as the whole child-bearing plan. Um, but we do know another couple in our church, Alex and Mariah, who have been trying, they've been married for probably seven years or more, and they want to be pregnant. Um, and so I felt like tonight, because it's Mother's Day, if it's only going to be you guys, so I'm not going to pray this for Isabel. She, she has to find a man first and marry the man and then have children. Sorry, Nora, you got a few years to go before we'll even talk about that. So I don't know. I'm just going to put the offer out there. If that's something that you guys want prayer for, we will pray. And if not, you just let me know you're good. Um, like I said, I know nothing. I've asked no questions. Um, the only thing I know is that you've been married for a few years, like nine, right? Get, getting ready to come up on your 10-year anniversary. And you're going to celebrate it in Leavenworth and uh, little snow bunnies. Yeah. So I'll just leave it out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is like almost unplugged church tonight, so we're just gonna I'm only recording I'm using the mic just to get some of it on recording. Maybe I'll just put this aside for now. So
Oh, you didn't? Oh. I guess I should have uh, gave a louder announcement of preparation. <laughs> I did too, even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it did make me kind of jumpy. I was, I was bracing myself. So, this would be so easy tonight to finally get through this really short portion of seven verses. <laughs> what do you guys think? Should we go for it? Read the scripture, and we're going to end up, we can officially dismiss early because, I mean, and you guys can linger as long as you want, but let's go for it. So yeah, we've we've got Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. Last week we did a just the the hors d'oeuvre before the, the meal of Romans. What was it? Romans something? 822, the, the scripture about the spirit of sonship. And so we basically just got kind of caught up in that. And you know, I just made it a, a mention, I'll just mention it again even if it's just us in this room, our identity in the Lord is so important for us to know who we are. I believe that it's important to God that we know who we are because we're his sons and daughters. And what, what father or mother would not be concerned if their kids didn't know that they were actually parented and that they had an identity you're my child if you lost your child and they thought for the rest of their lives they thought they were an orphan didn't know if their parents were alive but we aren't orphans and the Bible over and over in the New Testament makes it so such an emphasis that we are adopted we're the children of God you know years ago at the Foursquare Church I think it was at, yeah I asked Pastor Steve at the Abundant Life Foursquare He's one of my first spiritual fathers for my first nine, almost 10 years of, of walking with the Lord. Um, I asked him, what's the best word to describe ourselves? Christians or, you know, disciples? And he said, believers. I said, okay, that's good. That's fair enough. I, and I, I feel like, yeah, we are believers. And we are followers. We believe him. We believe in Jesus. We follow Jesus. But that's that's more about what we do. That's not about who we are. We 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 believe that's an action, you know. But who we are is is something that doesn't change based on our action or inaction. Like you and I were born again. We were born of the Spirit, and we received the Spirit of adoption into our hearts, giving us the ability to call out to God as Abba, Father. I feel like if, if we don't get that in us so deeply and, and learn to just walk in that identity, that we're so susceptible to attack of the enemy, whether it's attack through temptation or attack through just lies about who you are in this world and the authority that you actually have in Christ. Because sons, if you're not a son or a daughter, you have no authority. You don't have the authority of the Father on your life. The Father, the authority of the Father who gave all authority to his Son, Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. So the Father gave it all to the Son, and the Son, Jesus, has given us all that authority. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, which leads us to our first slide. I forgot that was the first one. So let's just soak it in. So Jesus, according to Hebrews 2, the first chapter talks about him being God in the flesh. It's a perfect chapter, chapter one, if, if you want to argue with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. It talks about it. It says who he is right there in that first chapter. Revelation 1, Hebrews 1, John 1, and 1 John 1 as well, I believe. So anyway, but Hebrews chapter 2 goes on after talking about the magnificence of Jesus. It says, for now, in verse 10, he towers above all creation, for all things exist through him and for him. Sounds like God to me. 
and that God made him pioneer of our salvation, perfect through his sufferings. For this, his sufferings, this is how he brings many sons and daughters to share in his glory. Jesus, the Holy One, makes us holy. And as sons and daughters, we now belong to his same Father. So, he is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters. <laughs> I just, it makes me laugh because for so many years in my walk with the Lord, I, I'm never going to stop worshiping him and I'm never going to stop seeing him as my God. I used to have a sticker on my little CD. Do you guys remember what CDs are? I had my, could hold about 10 discs in it and I had a sticker on it that said Jesus Christ is God and I'd make sure I had it sitting out when my little Jehovah's Witness co-worker <laughs> would come around and he'd see it and he wouldn't say anything I'll never cease to, to see him as the glorious creator of the universe but the, the fact and the reality that God became a man and walked among us he took on flesh and blood which he had never wore before and became Jesus, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, was crucified, dead and buried, rose from the dead, never to die again, rose in a human body, not a ghost. Jehovah's Witnesses will say he rose as a ghost. And he came back as a spirit. That's where the Watchtower Society was formed. It's all a lie, as you guys know. But he, he rose and ascended into heaven in that body. So there is a man, 100% God, 100% man, a God-man, the eternal God who always existed before that body and will always exist after. He now wears that body in the heavenly realm forever. There's a man in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. He's praying for us. So you're going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I hold on to that. I'm encouraging myself tonight. I'm going to make it, Scotty. I'm going to make it. <laughs> Not just into heaven, but I'm going to make it in his plans. Because yeah. all of his plans, all of the works he's, he's got for you and I to do, he prepared in advance for us to do. And most of you know the scripture, and that will be in Ephesians 2 when we get to it someday. But it's by, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one would boast. For we are created, I'm going to mess it up now, in his, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for in advance. Something like that. I might have messed up just a smidge. But, so he's faithful. And the reality is he's the firstborn human being, first born from the dead, never to die again. He's the first fruits of the resurrection. So I'm assuming that means Lazarus probably died again. Sorry for him. I mean, it was cool to be resurrected from the dead, but he had to have had a second physical death because we don't receive our resurrection body until we're all together meeting the Lord in the air. When the trumpet blasts, when the shofar horn blasts and we are caught up, together to meet him. The dead will rise first. Those who are alive will be caught up with them so that no one goes before the others. We're all going to be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord for the first time in his presence. That's going to be a worship service. <laughs> Just the thought of it's getting kind of messed up. So he's not afraid to call us brothers and sisters. So he's delegated his authority as our big brother to do the work that he's prepared us to do, that he's called us to do. So it's so much more, all the more important for us to know who we are. If you think you're just a sinner or you think you're just a servant of God, nothing wrong with being a servant of God. Paul says, I, I make myself a slave to Christ. And so we pull these different words of identity from the scriptures, but we can't just take one of those words and build our, our core identity because your core identity is a son or a daughter. We start there. And a son or a daughter can serve, 
a son or a daughter is a believer. We are ministers, we are priests, we are disciples, we're ambassadors, we're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, we're saints, we're all of those things. But when all of that, all of those functional titles fall down, you're his boy, you're his girl, you're his son, you're his daughter. So I get a little caught up in that when I read this first part of Ephesians 1 because it's just such a key part. And it's something that Tammy and I feel so passionate about as a church. We want to see sons and daughters come into their fullness of their identity, their royal identity, because it's not just a hillbilly son or a daughter. I mean, you might like to be a hillbilly. We know some. But... Uh, I know they won't listen to the podcast and I would do this in front of them, but my, my daughter's going to marry one. In fact, my son, who's not here, is out hillbilly off-roading with that family. And uh, they're dear people in our hearts, but they, they love to be rednecking. They're out there in the woods, driving sideways on hills and things. I just hope they make sure my son doesn't get hurt. But anyway, but... You're not just a hillbilly son or daughter. You are royalty. Our God is a king. Our Jesus, our big brother, is the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. We have received regal authority. We are a kingdom of priests. That's royalty. So straighten up your crown, head up high, shoulders back, sound off. <laughs> Do they do that in the military? Sound off. So... Now, we're going to finally get to verse 7, and we're going to slow, not slowly, we're going to slide on through these wonderful verses. So since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. We could preach the message of grace and the power of grace and go through all of those correlating scriptures and Romans that Paul clarifies were we're saying, you know, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, but that doesn't mean you should sin so that you get more grace. So, you know, we break off the spirit of stupid, the spirit of, of idiosity, and we just say, no, we, we rest in his grace to cover our sins because we know we sin, you know, and if you don't think you sin, or if you claim you have not sinned, according to 1 John 1, then we're making him out to be a liar. But if we do sin, we have one, we have an advocate. We have one who stands before the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ. He's our, he's our advocate. And the blood of Jesus, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin, and we have fellowship with one another. So grace is there, and it covers our sin. We need to just, like, blot sin out of our thinking and don't let it trip you up in who you are because who you are is a new creation that occasionally sins not the old nature that was crucified dead and buried with Christ that got baptized into the grave buried in the grave and you know that's not who you are anymore that's the old you is dead the old you that sinned by nature had a sinful nature that sinned by faith because that's just who you were your old nature was unplugged. The sinful nature lost its power. It lost its ability to rule your life. You are now a slave to Christ, a son or daughter of God, and you've received that new nature. It's been plugged into you. You are a victorious walker. Um, yeah, a walker. Skin walker. I don't know if that, does that sound, what's a skin? Know, that sounds creepy. It does sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so verse 8, this super abundant grace. I like that. I'm going to just say it. You should say it with me. Super abundant. Super abundant. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us. So it doesn't just cover your sins. It actually empowers you. It works on the inside. It empowers you, powerfully working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. I think it was probably Chris Valentin that kind of would preach this, that the grace of God, most people think it's the grace of God is just, you know, grace is, is um, undeserved favor. And mercy is like 
But anyway, I'm going to mess that up. But, you know, undeserved favor. It's when God forgives us and he gives us favor that we don't deserve or, or forgiveness. We don't deserve it, but he did it. That's grace. That's only half of it. The other half of it is that grace is the empowering spirit of God in your life. He empowers you. It's the grace of God. If it wasn't for him, by his grace coming into us and empowering us to live godly and holy, then we would be graceless. It takes his grace to come in, in spite of all of our warts and failures, to come in and take up residence inside of us and empower us in these ways with all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And the list is way bigger than that even. So let's go on, verse 9. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. Verse 10. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and on earth through Jesus Christ. That was one major run-on sentence almost. Well, yeah, but they did put a period in there. I'd have to look at the Greek to know if there's actually a spot where you're supposed to stop. But Paul's known for his run-ons. I mean, he wrote this. But the, the part that I just wanted to grab onto to encourage us with is what I underlined there. This detailed plan will reign supreme. It's his long range plan. He's already decided what he's gonna do and it's not gonna fail. The plan of God is not gonna fail. So no matter what we see going on in the world around us, no matter what it looks like when it looks like maybe the, the dark side is gaining ground and the, the light is, is shrinking back, you know, we don't have to take on that end time belief system that, well, the church is gonna shrink and evil's gonna get so big and light is just gonna become so dim. Yeah, it does tell us that the love of most will grow cold and that many are gonna abandon the faith, but we don't have to carry that mindset. We are encouraged to, to read in the scripture that he is coming back for a glorious church, a, a bride without wrinkle or spot or blemish, that his church is a shining city set on a hill, that we are those sons and daughters that walk in our true identity, that all creation is waiting and longing for to be revealed. It doesn't have to, we get to choose how we wanna live this out. It's up to you, it's up to you, it's up to me, it's up to you. We don't have to believe in a good God. We can believe that he's angry all the time and ready to punish us at any mistake. God bless you if that's what you want to choose. If you want to choose that it's going to get super ugly and that the church is basically going to have to go hide underground and then the rapture is going to happen, that's up to you. You'd have to really prove that to me through scriptures. And there are people that would try to build their case through scriptures. Um, and there are scriptures that help build that case. But there are also scriptures that help build the case that the church is going to be triumphant. And where there's darkness, the light shines even brighter. And when he comes back, he's going to come back for, for a glorious, radiant, bright, victorious church. And then there's all the spectrums between all of that. But it's your choice. They all have good arguments. All of the different versions of the end times have good scriptural backgrounds to back their beliefs up. I'm going to choose in victory. I want to choose to see Jesus get his full reward for what he paid for on the cross. So I'm going to, I'm going to believe who he says I am. I'm going to walk by faith in the power that he says I have living inside of me and the authority that he's placed on me. And I'm going to move forward in faith and release his kingdom into any sphere that I have access to. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to trust in his goodness, even when it looks ugly. And I'm going to hold to a scripture like this and believe that his detailed plan will reign supreme till the end of the ages, till everything finds its fulfillment in Jesus. So it's your choice if you want to join us on that journey, as long as you can. Verse 11, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. 
So you're not just tolerated by God. You're not just a sinner saved by grace and he has to hold you by, by the diaper, plug his nose and be like, I'm going to put you behind Jesus, this big Jesus cutout so I can look at you. That's not how he sees you. You are his inheritance. He paid the highest price to redeem you from sin and to save you and to give you a new rebuilt identity to restore you back to right relationship with the Father because you were valuable to him. He was willing to go to the cross to pay it all because you were of worth to him. It's not just because he was like, well, I should not try to scrap this whole mess and just flush it. I should, you know, go die a painful suffering death on a cross just so I can tolerate them. So let the scripture speak for itself. We too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. There's destiny in people. There's destiny in every person in this room. Destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. He's gonna get it done. And he wants to get it done in you and through you and he's faithful to do it. God's purpose was that we Jews, some of us think they're Jews in this room, or part, still want to do the DNA test to prove it, but just to, just to, I don't know, get you. Because it doesn't really matter, because if you're a Jew or a Gentile, we are all one in Christ. But anyway, but it is God's chosen people, they're special. So God's purpose was that we Jews, my wife, my children, I guess, are part Jew, if this is true. And I'm part Cherokee. <laughs> we who are the first to long for the messianic hope would be the first to believe in the anointed one. Jews first, and then everyone else. And bring great praise and glory to God. Awesome. And because of him, when you are who are not Jews, that would be me and couple of us in the room. <laughs> You're first. Of course I am. <laughs> we who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth. Ah, thank you, Lord, for letting me hear because you had to pull the blindfolds off my ears. Apparently I had blindfolds on my ears. Earplugs, I don't know what they were, but I could not see or hear. I was walking like a blind man. Pretty stupid in my sin. I'll just say that. When you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. So I'll reread that, verse 13. Because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. I have the same verse in the ESV just because I just want to kind of emphasize. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I used to teach this scripture and walk through this kind of stuff with young kids when I did Bible study at a foster home just a few years before Tammy and I met. And I, I just, I wanted... I wanted young people and old, older people. I had older Catholic friends that invited me to, to their men's Catholic group and stuff. I just wanted to know, I wanted people who believed in God to know for sure that they actually received the spirit, like to actually be born again. Because it's one thing to be a believer, just to believe. You know, the devil believes and he trembles and he's not saved. But if you believe and you've received him, and so the scripture just gives us that emphasis that having believed, having confessed Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, he will come in and he will seal you. He will stamp you and seal you like the wax seal on a legal document back in the old days. He will seal you with the promised Holy Spirit. And it's, it goes deeper than a seal. You should probably look that word sealed up in the blue letter Bible and see what it actually, all of the depths of the meaning of that word. Because we were sealed, we were like infused with the Holy Spirit. And without him, 
We don't belong to Christ, but when he comes and takes up residence in us, we're born again, we receive his infilling and his power. We're guaranteed that when this body drops off one day, when we shed the skin, we will be with him forever. Last verse. See, we made it. I don't know why if there's more people in here, we just don't seem to be able to do it. I don't know what happens. Too much pressure, is that you said? No, there's all the more Holy Spirit flowing in the room because they all are releasing it too. And then all of this like side trail, rabbit trail stuff just flows in and if it's, yeah. So, okay, verse 14, he is given to us. So re referring to the Holy Spirit. So this is a, a beautiful picture for us men who are the bride of Christ. <laughs> It's easy for you ladies to embrace this scripture. You could say, Jesus is my husband. You know, I'm married to the Lord. And us guys, we're like, we're the bride of Christ. He's coming back for a great wedding feast. Okay. Holy Spirit is given to us like an engagement ring as the first installment so you think receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled by him, being drunk in his presence, being whacked by him, falling out on the ground under his power and presence, you think, you think that's like the ultimate? And there's more. I've never experienced even a fraction of what some people have experienced, like being electrocuted and magnetized to the ground like Heidi Baker, you know, can't even be picked up off the ground for days without someone, well, actually they had to pick her up to take her to the restroom but the weight, the kabod held her to the ground and other people have had this, these experiences. I haven't even tasted of that, so I want the more. If there's more, I want it, okay? I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it myself. If I don't get it from someone laying hands on me, I'm gonna go get it, I'm gonna get it myself, I'm gonna go after it because I know the source and I know his promises that he will give it to me. And then I had a cool word that this lady gave me when she said she saw me in the spirit one time um, was I by myself here? I was here by myself worshiping and you saw, what was the word you used? Like a sheet, a sheet of his power, or you said his power, like a sheet came upon me. Oh, ooh, even better. <laughs> I get shocked touching my car almost every day and that <laughs> freaks me out. I can't imagine what the electricity of the Lord will feel like. I just hope I survive it. Okay, so anyway, that was a big rabbit trail. <clears throat> See, now we're just kind of purposely dragging things out a little bit. No, not really, but we should move on. So just the reality that, that all of the manifestations of the spirit that a human being can experience here on earth, that is just the first installment. That is just the engagement ring as the first installment of what is coming. Hold on to your white horses, church. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we all, excuse me, until we have all, and all means all, of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory of God, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. We made it. But that wasn't the end of Ephesians. Now I can just get some more scriptures because it's gonna get really good. Like the next section of, of Ephesians one, whew, yeah, Paul prays for the church that we would get this spirit of wisdom and revelation. We would know the power. It's just gonna get, I don't know. I feel like as we go into it, God wants to just come in on his word and release something to us. So I would encourage you guys to begin to just pray even read ahead of in Ephesians 1 and pray through some of these scriptures for our church. Maybe grab hold of it and just ask God for the more that he would bring in. Yeah, more, more people would be awesome too. But we have, we have a good group of people if they were all here. I'm just saying, we want the people that are with us now and as well as people that are going to come to receive that infusion, that more of the Lord. We want to come alive and burn with brightness and fire and all of heaven's passion all over our lives. I want to go out like a Roman, can a Roman candle? No. What do I want to go out like? 
nuclear blast. Does that sound good? Napalm? Light it up. So why don't we stand up? Why don't we just even pray for that now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you have a baptism of fire for each one of us. That, that John, your cousin, said the one who comes after him will baptize us with Holy Spirit and fire. So Holy Spirit, we just say, come. Even tonight, would you come in a deeper measure, a greater measure? Father, would you pour out even more Holy Spirit on us and in us tonight? Would you flood us on the inside with that napalm, that kerosene fire, that you would just blaze and burn hot inside of each one of us? Let your spirit just come and consume and have complete control and reign inside of us. Let your kingdom come. Let the kingdom, let the rule and reign of King Jesus come and fire in each one of us. Let it increase tonight, God, every part of our being, from our spirit, our soul, our mind, our strength, from the inside out, Holy Spirit, just burn in us. Burn in us, Lord. Set our lives ablaze that we would burn with passion for the name of Jesus, that we would not even think about dishonoring your name or bringing shame to your name, but that we would live and desire to be holy and set apart unto you, that we would walk in the righteousness of Christ that you have freely given us. We would walk in the holiness that you have imparted to us. You call us holy, you call us righteous through faith by your blood. You've already sealed it, but let us walk it out, Lord. Let us walk out the position we stand in. Let us walk as sons and daughters of God. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you have saved us for something greater than our minds can even comprehend. That you have chosen us, you have predestined us, you have adopted us to be your sons and daughters. We thank you for what you're going to do in the days ahead. And we give you praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, yes, ma'am. When we were raised to heaven, and that release was given to all of us today, it's, it's our heart's desire, and that Father knows that already our heart's desire is to be one with Jesus, and that we are actually already there. So He releases a great, just a release of a greater receiving of our heart's desire and in in whatever that might manifest now in the world we receive that as well
put it like, really, this is God. This is our present and our future. This is where we operate.